First of March, I was at a weekend in Boulder, uh, authentic community leadership training program, and it's in the Integral Institute. And Ken Wilber, who's quite a uh, synthetic genius, um, for the last 40 years has been looking at maps of consciousness and evolution. Um, and has come up with um, a map that's he reckons, and I agree, is the most comprehensive map there is about human development. And one of the things that I really love about the map is, is that it takes the various different aspects of our life into account. So one of the in the in the tradition that I that I come from, the Theravada tradition, meditation and contemplation are like kind of like the cornerstone. And that's held in the context of ethics and morality and generosity and community. But the 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 real strong part is to see from interior experiences what's going on in terms of our, the nature of our own mind and then how we are experiencing other people in the world around us. And as our experience shifts and changes with different levels of insight, then our relationship with ourself and with each other also shifts and changes. And for at least 2,500 years, has been a very powerful and very effective way of opening up and looking at what's going on through meditation. One of the reasons why I have been so interested in Ken Wilber's work and the integral model is because it looks at things from different components, different aspects. So just the other day I was on the telephone, Skype telephone call with Samanera Amaranato who's a, a seminar, he's been a seminar for, I don't know, 10 or 15 years, so for whatever which reason, he didn't want to become a monk, so he stayed a seminar. And he's extremely intelligent and very um, interested in um, finding ways to help people. So since he's left the monastery, he's done some research on different kinds of ways of helping people release trauma. And... I knew he was doing this one kind of method. And I asked him if he would show me how. So he spent the first mm, 25 minutes or so taking me through slideshows of brain chemistry. You know, the different components of the brain and the, the, the frontal cortex and, and the, the limbic brain and, the, and then the, the primitive brain. And, and, and looking at the different kinds of things that each one does. And, and, then, and then 
just said, but, you know, if you get an emotional hijack, so your limbic system or your primitive brain is, is um, activated, you need six seconds to pause your attention where you're not focusing on the thing that activated you in order to be able to access the, the, um, the frontal cortex and to be able to think. Okay, this is not an interior contemplation within the experience of the feeling. This is an external knowledge of how the chemistry actually works. And with that knowledge, then you can use it to be able to work from the inside with the actual mind states themselves. So, for example, something happens at work or at school or with your partner, and you get super upset, like super, super upset, yeah? So rather than try and figure out how to deal with the super upset, what what he was suggesting is count how many windows there are in the room, or think about uh, the ingredients that you need in order to make something that you really like to eat, or count how many cushions are on the floor, or count the chairs. Something that takes your mind away from what has made you upset for six seconds. And then in that pause, then the chemistry of your brain shifts. And then you have the capacity to be able to access the rational brain, to access the information that we have from our decades of study and meditation practice and Dhamma, listening to Dhamma talks, that we can then make use of that. Okay? So, from the integral perspective, all right, you're not only concerned from the interior experience of the mind states themselves, but from the external experience of the chemistry of what actually creates this to get the leverage to then be able to work through. Now, when I am hijacked emotionally, the quality of the relating between the two of us is going to be hugely affected. Yeah. So then you have another sphere. You've got the interior sphere, you've got the exterior sphere of the brain chemistry, and then you've got the we sphere. Okay? And then, you know, some of you have heard me talk about the story of what happened in England. There was a political, cultural context that gave rise to an awful lot of feeling. Okay? So it's not like that happened in a vacuum. It happened because, like a crisscross of cultures and values and and tradition, and modern, and all of that coming together. So that's the fourth sphere. Yeah. And so what I love about this integral map is, is that it, it has a way of including all of these components as part of our experience of waking up. And I loved it, speaking to Amarinato. You know, something as simple as just take ten sec- six seconds. Just take find a way to occupy your attention for six seconds. It doesn't matter what you do, because that's what's needed in order to change the brain chemistry, so that you can then have access to some of the thinking, the rational thinking that well, under ordinary circumstances we have access to. So I have never been interested in throwing out the brilliance of the meditations and the techniques and the, the contemplation. I've never been interested in that. 
to me they're they're um, invaluable. But what I love about this other way is that you don't have to throw it out. That when you bring in some of these other dimensions, then it makes sense of what's going on in a way where we're not having to only figure it out from the interior experience of our feelings. And that, to me, really resonates as being useful, as being something that will support us in our contemporary world with the multiplicity of complexity that we're dealing with, will support us in being able to understand why so many people are at different levels and have capacity to be in empathetic relationship with them and still find a way of working together. So, you know, I, I was, you know, I was sitting here and I was tired, so there wasn't a lot of clear thinking about what it was that I was going to talk about. You know, there wasn't a sense of, oh, I know exactly what I'm going to talk about. But there's just a sense of just meeting what is present and seeing what happens when that opens up. Touching what's there. And then, and then letting my system relax and open and then settle into another deeper layer with it. And how does it fit? How does it feel? What's needed now? And as I, you know, went through tiredness and body aching and some resistance and relaxation and openness and settledness, you know, it just it opens up by itself. It's not as if there's any kind of direct action to make it open. When when there's a, a meeting of what's present, the whole mind-body system opens by itself. But what feels very... I'm not sure what the correct word is. N- nourishing, wholesome, inclusive... Is, is, is that the various different components of what I have experienced belong. It's not like I have to cut out one whole thing because it doesn't belong. It all belongs. It's all, it all fits in the experience of how I'm perceiving the moment. And when I, personally for myself, when I experience that, that everything belongs, there's a feeling of happy. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, you know, I don't have to, I don't have to try to make it fit because it fits. You know, it all belongs. So, you know, in the course of that weekend, there were a lot of things that were interesting, and in the course of this course, there's been a tremendous amount of things that are interesting, and. And again, one of the things that's been very interesting is how important our human connection with each other is in creating the context where it's possible to open. And again, Samanera Amaranato was saying that, you know, when we have an emotional hijack, that part of the brain gets activated. One of the things that we can do is just speak to another person. We don't even have to know them. So he was talking about how, you know, he was traveling and he was in the airport and feeling anxious, which is probably pretty common in 
people travel, they feel anxious. And he just went into a store and started talking to the clerk and telling him that he was from Australia and he's coming to Ireland. And He didn't know her. He didn't need to know her. But just the, the relating then switches the brain chemistry so that the anxiety relaxes. You know, it's like you don't have to be a super-duper meditator. You need to know you need to know what works. And sometimes what works is just touching another person in a in an open way and then the whole thing settles out. So there's something about that together the way these things are coming together for me right now that just feels very lovely. I've got a lot of questions, you know. And um a lot of curiosity, a lot of interest, things that I'd like to explore. But it feels really lovely. And that's not anything that the Buddha didn't say, you know. But the maps of our modern world are more sophisticated than the maps of the in some ways. So, you know, I don't think I don't think anybody's got a better map of the interior sphere of consciousness awakening than the Buddhist tradition. I think that map is the best map for that sphere. But that's that sphere. It's not the other spheres. And so, and so it, I don't, we don't have to throw out that map. We don't have to throw out those tools in order to, to make use of the other maps that are also emerging to be able to put things together in a way that then means that we have actually more support with the things that we value. It doesn't take away support, it actually adds support. And to me it's like, it's just, it's thrilling, you know. A a 15 minute conversation about brain chemistry gives this whole huge leverage about how to deal with things which for most people are really difficult. It's fabulous. And uh, his 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 map is is so complicated. And forever because it's so complicated. But this book is almost intelligible. The other ones are not. This one is pretty intelligible. And there's another one that I've heard is intelligible that I haven't read either. It's called A Brief History of Everything. But this one is good because it makes it clear. It doesn't go into all of the details, but it gives you a sense of them. And so this is good. And it's got pictures. <laughs> the Integral Vision. And then the other book of his, which I have been told is intelligible, is called A Brief History of Everything. And it's also a summary that puts the maps together in a way that makes sense. He's a genius, and he reads... What he reads, like, I mean, I can't even imagine the titles of the things that he reads, let alone consider trying to read things and synthesize it. So the stuff that he does is just, and um, and he's and his his mind is complex, you know, and he makes up language and makes. I mean, it's just like what I'd like to do is to take him in front of a, a group of ten year olds, sit him down, and say, <laughs> you explain it to them. Let's transcribe what you have to say and turn that into a book. You know? That's what I'd like to do with Ken.
I, I like it. I think it's a very, very good map, and I think it's very helpful for our process to feel that everything belongs. Everything belongs. So um, let's stop, have some tea, and then see how it unfolds. See what I want to talk about after.